Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Oh my God, we're here, we're back, after the break, we're here, fraudsters presenting Fraudwire, Cena Gazdevi, Justin Williams is here as always in the virtual studio, Justin, how are you, how you been man, how was the break for you? Uh, I'm very good, the break was very nice. It's good to not think about this show, but we <laughs> missed all the fans. <laughs> Uh, I, wanna, I went to my 20th high school reunion. Yeah? Oh, my God. If, Would you, wait a minute. Let's bring in Brendan first, and then I want to hear about this, actually. Brendan Fitzgibbons is with us, comedian, Comedy Central alum. He's got a new podcast out called Hammered Heroes, professional athletes that played uh, high drunk or on drugs, which is yeah. you'll have content until the end of time, it seems like at this point. It just keeps coming out, man. It was awesome. I also went to Justin's 20th reunion. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks Everybody, for being who the, didn't go there, baby? Who didn't go? Wait, how was your 20th, Justin? It was real cool, actually. It was real nice to see everybody. You know, it's like I talked to some people more than I talked to them like the entire time I was in high school, so that was cool. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, It was good. It'd be, you know, and I got... You know, a lot like a lot of people stayed out. And so, you know, the party started at this nice art gallery that our class president had rented. And then it moved over to a hotel lobby cocktail bar. <laughs> and then by from the one to three a.m. period, I got them to go into a like predominantly black bar where we had to be frisked on the way in. So that was good to see my <laughs> class president in, the, in there. I hey man, have, have you hung out with Justin? It's incredible. Like this, I was just gonna say this. Justin goes hard, and he does it. He's got so much energy. He is a father, yet he can stay out. He has the endurance of, of like twelve oxes tied together. You can't. You can't keep this man down. Brendan, what are you? Yeah, you've done it. My favorite thing about Justin hanging out with Justin is he will talk to anyone for an hour and a half about their local politics. <laughs> one time, 
One time we met this random bartender in upstate New York and he talked to this dude about apartheid for three and a half hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Justin, what the? He could talk to anyone. Drop Justin off anywhere in the world and he will discuss your local politics and why their situation is fucked. <laughs> it's really no, no, that, that goes wrong sometimes. One time I was at a, uh, a dive bar here in Newark and there was a grizzled old Newark detective and he just... <laughs> Uh, uh, and he's just like sitting, getting drunk at this you know dive bar where you should get drunk when you're a grizzled old detective. And then uh, he just looks over at me mid sentence about five minutes. He goes, "Sure, you like to talk a lot." And then just went uh, back to drink. <laughs> Did he also say like the wire should have should have been about me yeah. in Newark? No, he's talking about how he like never had any problems in the worst neighborhoods during the worst years because he's like, if you just treated everyone with respect, like that would That's that was right. like half the battle. Words to live by. You crackheads understand respect. Yeah. So it's the way to do it. Uh, guys, we're going to start this show off with what we always do with Brendan, with our guests, sharing, if you're willing, the last time you've been scammed. So I was debating whether or not I'll tell you guys this, but hey, my mom's not going to check out this podcast. Um <laughs> <laughs> My mom. We, is wait a minute. Pretty, we're great in the mom demo, yeah. right? We crush in that demo, so you never know. Wait, do you guys support? Are you guys in QAnon? Is this a QAnon podcast? Because that's the only oh, way she's listening. <laughs> we're inclusive. We're inclusive. Okay, they're people well, in that too. Case. We need the numbers. No, it's cool. Um, my mom. I would say this is not when I've been scammed, but I've been part of a scam where my mom. <clears throat> she belongs to a lot of very, um, you could say, dodgy, uh, you know, QAnon ask groups, and she sent me. A birthday present. It was my birthday two days ago, and it was four hundred dollars for a DVD about the information that is repressed from the government about the vaccine, and a secret flash drive that was eighty dollars. And everyone knows flash drives cost four dollars, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I could, so I literally hit up this company and I go, "Hey, um, my mom's really old. Can I just get a full refund? She didn't mean to do this." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And to their credit, they did it. They actually gave me the money back and they called me. And I was just like, my mom's old. I just said, that's the excuse you can just say. It's cool, man. My mom's old. A 20,000% markup on that that flash drive. (laughs) $80 flash drive, dude. That's pretty cold blood of you to give away a Tyler Fisher comedy special DVD. You know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so well, i i wouldn't say i was scammed but i definitely felt like my mom was and i was like hey mom i also like four hundred dollars like that's cool i'll just take that yeah. you know and spend yeah. on whole foods there you go that's the way to do it you know my dad still sends me like he's like is this a, a, a real like like a, one of those like emails that says like you could be a secret shopper or you could do this business and like i've gotten we've even gotten to a back and forth on it where I'm like, no, dad, this is totally a scam. Please don't do it. He goes, but you have to spend money to make money, Cena. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, I can't believe you're my father. What's happening? How did we get here? This is why I get scammed. Can you imagine though, being the kind of person, it's gotta be so hard for older people just to think whatever is on the internet is exactly correct. Yeah. It's so hard. I try to, this is the way I've tried to explain it to my parents. I was like, when the phone rings during dinner and mom gets up and knows it's like an advertisement or like a solicitor or whatever, and she reams them out on the phone and she screams at them and says all these nasty things about their family, that is the entire internet. Any email you get about a business, <laughs> that's what that is. Someone interrupted you during dinner. Justin, do you have that problem as well? Do you have to tell your 
your family or relatives or yourself, frankly, to not get scammed by emails. <laughs> My mom's just like follows everything on Facebook. So she'll just ask me questions that I know is coming from whatever crazy thing is on Facebook. So she's asking me, she goes, Justin, you're in comedy. Is the Illuminati real? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like no. If it was, if it was, if show business was as easy as me, like you know, just like allowing someone to have like anal sex with me at a uh, secret party, I'd be like way more famous at this point. <laughs> All you gotta do is become a Freemason, get reamed by a guy who looks like Benjamin Franklin, and you have your own sitcom yeah. on ABC. It's not that big of a deal. Oh yeah, show yeah, show business. I tell you, it's all it's basically all like that scene from Eyes Wide Shut. It's like that's that's what every <laughs> off stage is like. <laughs> I wish it well, was that way. When we say bring your show, we mean bring your mask, yeah. bring bring the orgy. Oh my god! Uh, speaking of orgies, Brett Favre is in the news. Uh, former Governor Phil Bryant helped Brett Favre secure welfare funding for our U, uh, USM volleyball stadium. Text reveal. So there's these texts that just came out. I don't know if you guys saw this a, a year ago or so, or maybe even more. It came out that he was like doing speeches and funneling welfare funds to himself uh, for this stuff. So text message entered into Monday uh, into the state's ongoing civil suit over the welfare scandal reveal that former government Phil Bryant pushed to make the NFL legend Brett Favre's volleyball idea into a reality. The texts show that the then-governor even guided Favre on how to write a funding proposal so that he could be accepted by the Mississippi Department of Human Services, even after Brian ousted the former welfare agency director, John Davis, for suspected fraud. So the governor kicks the fraudulent agency director out to help commit his own fraud? Is that what happened here? Just left... um, just left Brett Favre, Bryant texted nonprofit founder Nancy New in July 2019 within a weeks uh, within weeks of Davis's departure. Can we help him with his project? We should meet soon to see how I can make sure we can get keep your projects on course. This is crazy. Is it, do we not know that Brett Favre is a mess and he wears Crocs and takes pictures of himself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was also he was like a bad painkiller addiction for a while there too. I mean, uh, it's probably he voted for Trump too, but and he has like an ironic quote for why he endorsed Trump. It was something like, you know, it's some people just need to like go work, and he's and then he's just like stealing like welfare. Jesus, it's just funny. Like I don't understand how he just couldn't just you know use some of his Wrangler jeans money. Yeah, just unload yeah. that money. <laughs> Does he not have enough money? Wait a minute. Let's look at these text messages because this is really where. Let me share. I'm going to share my screen. Yeah. Let's look at these fucking texts. This is why you need Sterling Sharp to <laughs> catch it. Catch catch some of these funds. Okay. Uh, let me make it bigger. If, if This is Brett Favre, August 3rd, 2017. This is from Brett Favre. Text. If you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? <laughs> he said that in a text. <laughs> he said it in a text at 4.35 p.m. And then Nancy knew this um, uh, nonprofit uh, person, nonprofit founder. No, we never had that information publicized. Don't worry. I'm sure me reading this right now means it's not publicized. I understand you being uneasy about that, though. Let's see what happens on Monday with the conversation with some folks, some of the folks at Southern. Maybe it will click with them, hopefully. This is a few minutes later. Okay, thanks from Brett Favre. Next day, 
from Nancy. Wow, just got off the phone with Phil Bryant, exclamation point. He is on board with us, exclamation point. We will get this done, exclamation point. From Brett, awesome. I needed to hear that for sure because he's running a scam. What do we guys, what, what do we honestly, so does this, like what level of depravity does a Hall of Fame athlete have to get to for us to say he doesn't deserve to be the Hall of Fame? He should, we should strip away the legacy that was Brett Favre. I'm trying to first strip away Peyton Manning's ability to host a game show, and then we'll get, and then we'll get, and then we'll get to Brett Favre. I'm trying to take away those duties, um, <laughs> but that reads comically like that. That's going to be so funny in court when the when the, someone just reads those texts back, and he's just going to be like, "Yeah, uh, I didn't." He's going to he's going to totally deny it. I'm sure. Yeah, deny something, but I mean. Uh, Brendan, you you run a podcast about how these guys come out, these athletes come out, and they they basically disclose, or you find out that they've done awful things while they were players. Well, that's one thing. But what about stuff that happens afterwards? Do you, is there a, is there room for us to to like postmark Brett Favre's career? Because of I think stuff it depends like on how many times you've gotten sacked by um, JJ Watt, or yeah. So so in. I would say in Brett's case, he got hit a lot in the head. So I think we can give him a couple more welfare frauds. And then after so that, what we I, should start running him in. What I'm hearing there is the concussion to touchdown uh, ratio there. Is, what is Absolutely. that? What is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I would say for every six concussions, you have to have at least thrown 200 touchdowns and done two Wrangler <laughs> commercials. <laughs> and you can get out of court. Yeah, you, you, like this is fine. Brett's not going to go to jail. Justin, you're a Chiefs fan. How does this make you feel? You have to accept the whole <laughs> player, what they do after and what their Hall of Fame career. It's all part of the same package. OJ, the greatest running back of the <laughs> 1970s and also acquitted double murderer, is the same OJ. It's the same man. Naked Gun OJ is the same guy who tried to get his stuff back. And also lost a civil mm. trial for wrongful death for murdering two people. So you just, you know, it's it's all the same package. I'm trying to think of who else is some other, um, you know, NFL players. Like, you know, like Lawrence Taylor that, yeah. you know, was the greatest defensive player of all time versus Lawrence Taylor that wrestled Bam Bam Bigelow at WrestleMania is the yeah, same man. It's a great match. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, uh, speaking of Lawrence Taylor, uh, do you do an episode on each night of cocaine partying that Lawrence Taylor did uh, throughout so, his career? Is that <laughs> so? We ran into a slight snag with Lawrence Taylor. Actually, funny you should say because we we're like, super stoked to do it, and then it was our first female guest. And right before we were about to do it, we read that he was recently accused of rape, and we're like, we're gonna let this one just oh, sit for a second. Oh, yeah. and maybe, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a curveball where we were like, okay, we want to celebrate these people, but not if you've raped. Yeah. That's yeah. a big, yeah, that's a big no-no for us. Yeah. You know, that was a good for you. Standing on your values in podcast yeah. land, you know, you're going to yeah. miss those Rogan numbers though. Go ahead, Justin, what were you going to say? <laughs> I, hope, I hope John Rocker was high because that'd be so funny to just like, to just like get high, be racist and just like throw fastballs. Oh, that's... <laughs> Just so he's on crystal meth. Speaking of yeah. meth, just made me think of Agassi. You got to do Agassi. Oh, yes. We are definitely doing Agassi. I'm a big Agassi like fan. Next up, up baby. Him. Yeah. Was this thing, what was this it. thing? Wow. Was it Coke? No, he meth. Did crystal did. meth. Oh, meth. Oh, yeah. He literally did meth. Meth. His hair was falling out. He had to have a wig. But we digress. Mm. <laughs> Brett 
fervor. We hope you get what's coming to you. I mean, I don't think he's going to have charges. I think it's going to be a civil suit. And that's the thing with fraudsters is so often they get to avoid the criminal side of things because it's so hard to prove what was your intent. Did you mean to defraud and stuff like that? But if you're just channeling welfare money to your own pocket, he is kind of doing a service. He said he'd do a radio spot and stuff like that. But this is so fraudulent. This is such a scam. It's millions of dollars to, to get him to basically get a volleyball facility that he wanted. I mean, this is just... Nobody's ever wanted this. volleyball that badly before, too. That's a separate story. How much does this guy need volleyball in his life? How much does he need? <laughs> $14 million. I wonder how much it's going to cost to like make the water drinkable in Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next story. Oh, this one's juicy. It's about a Florida Ponzi scheme. And uh, Joanna M. Garcia mm. was a ran a place called MJ Capital Financing. I think it was MJ Capital F- MJ Capital Funding. They said she worked miracles, not for charity but for profit. Joanna M. Garcia connected investors with companies that needed short-term financing, promising robust returns on their money. But federal prosecutors say it wasn't a miracle; it was a lucrative Ponzi scheme. This is from the uh, NPR, all this fun language up top. The Florida woman is accused of perpetuating a $196 million fraud through her company, MJ Capital Funding, LLC. The company started in Fort Lauderdale, and her business took in a large amount of money from more than 15,000 investors in just over a year from June 2020 to August 2021, federal investigators say. Now, not for nothing, just to pause there for a second, 15,000 people, $196 million, June 2020 to August 21. What was happening during that time? Stock market was like going crazy. The government was giving checks out to everybody. PPP loans were going out to everybody. Mm. I mean, what did, what do we expect when shit like this happens? Like the government was just handing money out to folks most of the people that needed it most never got a chance to get it. And then like other people were just like wheeling and dealing and stuff. And then people like Joanna can somehow get all these people to invest with her. And the other thing she promised was 120% returns. Oh, yeah. For this thing. I mean, what are your chances? Well, yeah. What are the chances you think that she went around telling everyone that it was actually Michael Jordan's Capital Funding LLC? And she just really, really pushed the MJ initials and she rolled up with like wearing a 23 jersey and shit. And she's like, no, no, trust me. I talked to Michael and everyone's like, I mean, he is the greatest. I love the last dance. God, that was beautiful. <laughs> I like 120% retire. I like it. Like the numbers are so greedy that you have to be just dumb. Like, I promise you 110, 20% return when it's just like everybody's just trying to get like 20 but it's like no i'll give you a hundred i'll give you a hundred percent more than that if you get like eight to twelve percent you're like doing well this year that's what a reasonable person says a hundred and twenty percent and that's drug money that is just like i'm selling drugs and this is how much i'm making uh that you know and what's so there's a couple things that are hilarious about this one uh on her website uh, people on the website often refer to her as the Mother Teresa in her community, <laughs> which, I mean, you know. Wasn't Mother Teresa also there. kind of bad for her community? Like, What did she do? Uh, she did like, but I heard that she like, you know, made people suffer because it was like godlier to her, like in her worldview. It was like a criticism I read of Mother Teresa. Right? right? Yeah, that there was like more things that could have been done 
to avert. She could have been more Mother Teresa e. Yeah, that's what I, I don't know. I, I don't know the exact thing. I heard that she actually fucked Brett Favre. Did you <laughs> yeah. Guys, yeah, I heard of that. That's that who was, he was sending the dick pic to. He was sending that with the cross. Little MT, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so her whole thing, though, was like going to regular people in her community and saying, give me money. I will help fund local businesses. So community-based wealth mm-hmm. generation. And that's where we get, that's how you end up on our show, right? You're taking advantage of vulnerable people. And so she obviously took down the website and stuff, but- um, the archive, the uh, Wayback Machine, was beautiful. Uh, kept a copy of it. And this is a little excerpt from her website, which I thought was amazing. And this is like her own biography. Joanna saw the needs of her clients, so she took it upon herself to find a way to help her community. She would ask questions to professionals who specialize in the needs of her clients and would direct them to these professionals to meet and exceed their needs. Mm. So Joanna began to collect a portion of the dividends for directing her clients in the right path, but she never did it with the intention to profit financially. She did it with the intention of helping her community. Joanna Garcia was able to not only help her community, but also grow as a result of her success in building credibility. The more she helped her community in Southern Florida, the more she gained new clients. <laughs> like I feel like that whole those told paragraphs were just SEO scams. Like if people are searching for like community support or like help community and stuff like that, or like how do you do this is just like such a clat like a real modern version of an old Ponzi scheme. This is also why I never get mad when I hear about bartenders stealing from the bar. I'm like, yeah, I get yeah. it. You know? Yeah, it's like just take a little bit. I, I like it too because she's uh, trying to do something that already exists. She's like, "What I'll do is start a union that gives credit to biz- local businesses. Will be a credit union, is what will be." And it's like, yeah, that already exists. You can just go to a credit union. So, what do you guys think? Do you guys think that that her victims uh, were pissed about this? Mm. Uh, I don't know. Once you're on the ride, you never get off. Her victims were probably like, she was trying to help the community. I don't believe it. <laughs> And Justin, that's what I thought you would say because it sets up this. A change.org petition of the purchasers of Joanna Garcia that are trying to petition to help her. Let me share my screen again. Oh, Oh my my God. God. This is insane. This is insane. The petition is in support of Joanna Garcia due to the recent lawsuit the SEC has filed against her as valued purchasers and merchants. We are here to support Joanna in every way possible. Time out. No one said she was hot. All right, I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah. Time out. I'll, okay, yeah, dude, I'm going to sign up on this petition. <laughs> I'm swiping. Just left that out. Yeah, dude. she's she's got she's got she's got a real basic monster face. I like it. I'm glad we're keeping. <laughs> yeah, okay, I mean. What if no one's ever seen her and this is just a stock photo? But I think they all do. I will say this. It just proves sexism because Bernie Madoff got to do what he wants looking like that. And Joanna got to really bring the heat to to pull a Madoff down there. Yeah. Yeah. She did all of that stuff in just a year. Oh, my God. Apparently for over 13 years, Joanna has been a pillar of the community and is very well known for her philanthropy and her loving nature. Now, here's the really juicy part, guys. The You know, these messages that people can put in here about signing the petition. Now, I don't know who Miguel Salazar is. It's just uh, from a year ago, this man uh, wrote, I am a retired United States Marine, and I vouch 
for Joanna Garcia. I have been a purchaser since September 2020. I have received my check every month for the last 11 months. People say she deceived them. That is absolutely false. I have brought my whole family, and she has not deceived anyone thus far. Semper Fidelis, which I don't think is the right venue to be saying that. Support the truce, but I don't think that's I like people, too, because Uh, (laughs) they don't understand how Ponzi scheme works. They're like, I got my money, and it's like, yeah, that's the way it keeps going. Some of you are going to get your money, (laughs) but most of you aren't. It's so funny. Like, you were early. Good job. You're getting your money. Uh, Here's from Patrick Luis. I don't understand why they can't just let people live. I've been working for a long time and never have nothing when a friend referred me to MJ Capital. I was so happy. And I said to myself, I'm finally going to be a millionaire. Then, boom, the system that designed to keep people poor just jumped in and messed it all up. But I know Joanna was doing something good. May God be on your side in helping in this, quote, A for no reason fight. What? What is that? Is that some from the Bible? No, I don't know uh, what he's saying, but I do like he's like uh, that he says the government is designed to keep people poor. Yeah. Uh, not the Ponzi scheme, people. And this guy definitely has <laughs> taken some government assistance in his life. And like arguably the government is designed to keep the wealthy wealthy. So I don't know what they're focusing on. I think it's probably easier to keep the very wealthy wealthy. Wait, there's a comment from Brett Favre. Let's read it. (laughs) Go ahead, Brett. Go ahead, Brett. You want to read it? Yeah. Uh, It says, hey, uh, Joanna, I need $1.5 million for something that recently happened in my life. And I was wondering if you knew anyone. Also, do you like Wranglers? That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> God, so many people. Let's see how many people signed this position. Th- th- Three thousand two hundred and sixty-four people have signed the posi- the the petition. They wanted to get five thousand. I don't know what happens when when you get to five thousand on Change.org. Probably nothing. She's still probably going to go to prison. I mean, this is insane, guys. I don't, once you go on the ride, we've seen it so many times. Once you go on the fucking ride, you just go on the ride. Do you think it's because people don't want to admit that they've been scammed? Because I'm thinking about my mom again, and I feel like that's what it is. So it's like you can never actually come to the truth that maybe you're being scammed. We got a story about that a little bit later. But yes, 100%. People do not know they are actually being scammed. And that's and that's the thing. And this, I want to just shout out. Uh, that this came from our Discord, and a little plug for our Discord. Check us out uh, on Discord. If you join our Discord, you'll get uh, access to just talking to us all the time. <laughs> There's a great pets channel where you can post your pets. Uh, you'll also get a preview first on our new cover art, which is going to be dope, and our new uh, intro song, which is going to be coming out for season three. So big ups to Maxi L Gal, Maxil Gal, M A X I L G A L, for that story. So thank you. They post in Fraudware, and then we read the story here. Everyone's on this. Everyone's on mm. this thing. It's it's pretty incredible. We've got a street team. Uh, you guys so do cut, Did you guys do Cutco knives yet? No, we have not done Cutco knives. <laughs> I, 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 I did that for a day. <laughs> everyone did everyone did cutco knives for a day and they're like fuck this do you guys get to keep the knives you have to buy the knives no. first and then and then sell yeah. them right you did this yeah. brendan all of my friends did it and they all tried to pitch my mom and my mom all said no yet she will spend 85 dollars on a flash drive you know questionable yeah, yeah, decisions yeah. it's fine it's exactly fine. what do you know, do you know? <laughs> uh, but this this woman is, is gonna go to prison i think i mean this is this is insane this is uh, you can't just scam people this much. So, 
I hope she. Gets, I hope she gets a light uh, sentence and like a reunion tour that like kind of redeems her, even though she never apologized, and then she becomes like a hot kind of thing and like co- the culture, you know, kind of like Anna Delvey, you know. Yeah, they'll give her. A, they'll give her a show, probably. Yeah, yeah I feel yes. like she could just go on the Matt Geitz gaslighting tour with him, and they could just yeah. go around doing dates in Florida, saying you know, how they were wronged. Yeah, Southern Florida does what it wants. They don't give a fuck about anybody. Mm. Um. All right. Next story. Ernst and Young. Justin, we have talked about Ernst and Young so many times on this show. Yeah. They have been part of the auditing process for Barry Minkow and some of these other companies that have ended up being scams. And what it, what it all comes down to is that Ernst and Young is, is one of the big accounting firms. But the problem is, is that they have another side of their business, which is a consulting and advisory business. So you can't have an auditing business that's supposed to go in and be like, hey, you spent this here, you spent that there, that's bullshit, this is wrong, and that's a fraud, when the same client is paying you to actually give them advice on how to make more money and save money and do all this shit. So just recently, this has just happened on Thursday, Ernst & Young, the world's biggest auditing and consulting firm, is moving forward with a plan to split up its two main business practices. The firm, in an announcement on Thursday, said its top leadership had decided to separate into two distinct multidisciplinary organizations. If the plan is approved, Ernst Young will operate as two separate companies, one mainly doing auditing work and the other doing consulting and advisory work. I'm talking, this is like 30, 40 years now, maybe even longer, I can't even remember, that they've had both of these businesses working together. And they've made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars because of it. In June, Ernst & Young agreed to pay a $100 million fine after the U.S. securities regulators found that hundreds of its auditors had cheated on various ethics exams that they were required to obtain or maintain professional licenses for and that the firm didn't do enough to stop the practice. I mean, $100 million. I mean, this is a lot of money to just punish a firm for doing this. So uh, the one thing you want from an auditor is uh, some level of ethics and honesty. So I guess we're not getting that. A lot of auditors, I think, listen to the show here. So shout out to you if you're honest. Yeah, I think the most uh, honest auditors are the ones in Scientology. Mm. Um, Those are the ones I really like. I appreciate those. They really have a great uh, read on my stress meter. Mm -hmm. You know, they know how to get me to disclose. Yeah, your tea, how yeah, are your tetons? What's your teton level? This, <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is kind of like an inside fraud baseball story, but it's kind of like pretty important as far as what we're going to see maybe in like the fraud landscape when it comes to these things. I don't think it's going to keep people uh, from not committing fraud, but it is like a structural thing that makes sense. It's funny that they did it themselves. I guess they didn't want to get fined anymore all the time because they know that it's just a bunch of scammers mm-hmm. in this thing. So maybe they could just make more money uh, and the government will pay less attention to them if they're completely separate. So they just went know. ahead and just paid the fine? On, like they basically self-policed themselves? Yeah. Oh, well, the securities. so the security regulators will come and be like, hey, you guys did this fraud. You guys are full of shit. Mm. You guys are lying. Uh, yeah. What do you want to do? And usually like a company, they just have like a, you know, an email or a conference call and they'll be like, we'll pay you uh, $100 million. And the government will be like, that's a hundred more million dollars than we had than when we woke up this morning. Oh, yeah. And they'll say yes. And then they'll be like, we made Ernst & Young 
buckle under pressure. We made them get down on their knees and show the American public who's boss. I would like to do this for the parking ticket I just got today. Like, yo, it's $56. <laughs> Let me give you 20 in the Starbucks gift card and we'll just call it even, dude. You going to challenge it? You could go yeah, to the judge and say that. Yeah, why can't we bargain, man? <laughs> you could definitely go to the judge and be like, I got I got this. St- I got five on it. <laughs> you could say that to the judge. <laughs> and hopefully there'll be a, a Nate Dog fan and then you'll be it. able to do it. Not, not if it's Judge Joe Brown because he's, he's from the streets. He doesn't play that. <laughs> <laughs> that was very cute, but it's still full fair. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what's going to happen with this. I just want to make sure that we covered it on the show because this is hot stuff. And I'll say this. People have emailed us that have worked at Ernst & Young, at KPMG, at some of these big auditing and accounting firms that have um, that we've talked about on the show. And they say, like, it's awful working there. Or they've had to work with these companies. They say, it's awful working with these places. It's, you know... It's funny when we we say these things where like a, an industry wants to police themselves or like you know they can like audit themselves or so you can't and like even the people that we want to hire as like the government or as you know societies even cover these things yeah it's like they're usually straight from Ernst and Young it's like when an oil company has a big oil spill then like a week later they do like a really sick environmental commercial they're like yo we <laughs> love the environment. <laughs> It's like a corporate guy just like holding a seal. He's like, we've never had any problem with the environment, man. It's it. just like him holding a solar battery be like, this is the future. <laughs> well, like, yeah, like a seagull is like taking a shower in oil behind him. Be like, Don't look at that. Don't look at that. We love the environment. We love it. <laughs> Taking a dump in so the environment. Good. Yeah, no, that's definitely that's definitely what's been happening. All right, let's get to this. Wait, Go ahead, Justin, you're going to say well, something. Well, I'm just saying I hope that all that that fine all, you know that goes to the government. I hope all of that got funneled directly to Brett Favre. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Go, it, it's got to go to someone in need. Yeah. All right. Brett Favre is probably the poorest person in Mississippi I can think of. When I say, <laughs> when I say crushing Mississippi poverty, it's probably. Nine-time All-Pro. <laughs> all right. So we've got... All right. I've got this little um, clip that I want to play. It's two and a half minutes, uh, but it's a story about a fake publisher's clearinghouse that happened in Southern Colorado. Uh, this is happening across the country, apparently. And uh, maybe we'll pause it a, a couple times here and there. But uh, it's a little bit of a longer clip, but but here it goes. Just a guy that looks like Ed, Ed McMahon. He um, called and left a message first. And I didn't hear the phone. So this was his voicemail. And call us back. You are the winner of $2.5 million. Um, check for $5,000 a week for the rest of your life. Hello, hello, <laughs> hello, Doris. Hello, Doris, it's me. You just, it's Publishers Clearinghouse. I know what you're thinking. Could this possibly be happening to me? But it is $2.5 million. Coming hey, to Del- hey, hey, Dolores, this is uh, Brett Favre. Uh, just calling <laughs> to say you have won. If you could Venmo me at Brett Favre seven number four. Sorry, I forgot my number. Supposedly, uh- <laughs> <laughs> from the popular Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes to Robin Palazzolo in Colorado Springs, she says she was shocked to get the midweek afternoon phone call and hoped it was real. I thought, wow, I'm a winner. Yeah, everyone does. But what happens is I haven't entered for years. 
and I think that all of us have entered once or twice. So she called back. And he said, I know that you don't think it's real, but it's it's very <laughs> I real. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Could it be this this strange voice it is, is, is not Publishers Clearinghouse? I get that a lot. I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people don't believe me when I call. And he kept going on and on about A lot of how, people don't believe me. How many winners um, are there? <laughs> you know, this is a life-changing event. But there was a catch. She had to go to the bank and deposit $5,000 uh, no! into a specific account no. to unlock the prize. <laughs> and the man on the phone, an imposter, told Robin this was standard protocol. Well, we have to pay for the prize patrol. <laughs> don't there with the you don't know about the prize patrol? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta pay for the balloon! That check doesn't print itself, miss. All right, we got <laughs> gas prices are up. We need to pay the price patrol right now. We, we have to purchase a boombox that plays Cool in the Gang Celebration on cue. <laughs> Listen, you know how hard it is to get a rental car these days. These vans cost money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got this one. Black and gold van. <laughs> Feeling uneasy about the request, Robin added her husband to a three-way phone call. Oh and he wasn't buying the scheme. <laughs> my husband told him, why don't you get a real job? Wow. So yeah, he said, truth. hang up. Just, just go ahead and hang up. Publishers Clearinghouse does have a legitimate sweepstakes. You've probably seen the advertisements on TV with Steve Harvey. <laughs> there we go. If it doesn't have Steve Harvey, it's not real. <laughs> Your ass didn't won. He's <laughs> 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 just yelling at people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. On its website, it warns against phone calls like this and even phony solicitations being sent in the mail. We have other examples of publisher clearinghouse imposter scam calls targeting News 5 viewers. Last year, I spoke with Elaine, who lives in Pueblo, and she was told she won $3 million. I was one of them. I didn't say they weren't happening. I just said I hadn't had it happen to me. These scam calls happen, and they are scary. In Colorado Springs, Robin believes people will make the mistake of paying fraudsters thousands of dollars in these situations because she was almost one of them. I fell for it for a few minutes. I was I was dragged in, and I'm embarrassed to say that because I'm a I think I'm pretty smart, but he really actually just suckered me in. That. This is some real shit right there, guys. Mm. That's, I mean, it happens to the best of us. I mean, imagine. I don't know. If they called me, I'd probably get excited. And then I would probably have to have my wife get on the phone. Hey, this is Brett, <laughs> this is Brett Favre with the uh, Pros, Pros Patrol uh, giving you a call. I was wondering if I could borrow $12 for gas. <laughs> hey, we're right down the street. I got hey. your check. We just we just need a little bit to get to your house. We, got just, we need like $5 just to get to your house with this. Pro, I, got, I got nine balloons, two Packers jerseys, and three cheese heads waiting for you. Pros Patrol. Pros Patrol is so good. And for, for an extra $3, I'll drill your... Uh, toddler son in the chest with a spiral <laughs> <laughs> i'll break his finger <laughs> oh my god yeah i mean so there's no stopping this stuff too it's not like the cops are gonna want to like oh like can you imagine yeah. there's they probably reported to the police and there's a detective detective that's like well there go my numbers for the year because no. <laughs> he's never gonna catch this fucking guy this is just gonna keep happening right. so 
be careful out there, people. You, unless Steve Harvey's calling, you didn't win. Justin? Didn't it technically uh, wire fraud when, as soon as it involves a bank? Uh, yeah, it, well, a line of communication. So an actual wire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's, you know, wire fraud. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and the bank the transferring through, through wires. But they didn't actually commit. I guess they attempted to commit the, the wire fraud um, because, she did, like, the husband got on. Yeah. So they avoided that. I love the sexism too. Uh, so I put my husband on, you know. Yeah. It's like, come on, lady, you can get out of a scam yourself. You don't need your husband to <laughs> get hang a up real the phone. job. You know, God, the real husband. Uh, well, guys, I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are the stories I have today, Brendan. I'd love to just hear what you got planned for your show coming up. Yeah, man. No, um, this. Tomorrow drops our ne- newest episode. We are tackling a guy named Ken the Snake Stabler, who played for the Oakland Raiders in the 70s. And he would drink before games and at halftime. And the Raiders traveled with a Bales bondsman. Wow. Because <laughs> they got into so much shit. And we have Rob Hubel on talking about it. The, he's, he was great. And yeah, we just talk about the antics of the 70s. Basically, if you played football in the 70s, you were allowed to look like a Guns N' Roses roadie. And somehow that was just fun. That's amazing. <laughs> Justin made this great point about baseball and how it is so funny to go back and look at old athletes and like nobody was in shape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <Huh>. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, it was a casual sport then, it seemed. Yeah. yeah, like 80s baseball, 70s baseball, like everybody just looks like, you know, just like one of the vi- the village people guy with the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> they have the same physique and everything. But then, uh, but what is great is going back like a little bit, like, cause now baseball's reached this weird point where the guys are actually less strong than they were in like the year 2000 because yeah. of steroids. Mm. Like right. go back and watch home runs from like the 1999, 2000 season. It's just like, uh, it's just like Barry Bonds hitting it off a space shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, Sammy Sosa's arms falling off, and they're like, oh, I think some, he might be on. Uh, literally, the cork back thing happened with Sammy Sosa. It was crazy. It's crazy to me that they were there was a debate over Barry Bonds, and like the data they were using, they were just like, oh, he's hitting this many more home runs and stuff. But the one data point that always struck stuck with me, and that made me <laughs> upset that people didn't scream, is his head tripled yeah, yeah, in yeah. size. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the circumference of your head is not supposed to increase that much unless you're taking roids. It just doesn't happen. Mark McGuire looked like an offensive lineman for the Packers. <laughs> yeah. Just fucking yeah. smashing balls. It was crazy. I thought it was very suspicious yeah. that all of a sudden, for in order to get a Barry Bonds baseball that was a home run ball, you actually needed to fish it out of the ocean. That was also the thing. He was hitting baseballs into the the Pacific Ocean. Like, yeah. <laughs> They're like, we need to get James Cameron to do a special documentary to retrieve these baseballs. <laughs> yeah, like, so yeah, good. the ball doesn't go nearly as far. Like, the amount of upper depth. There's, uh, just go back, everybody, look at the Barry Bonds home run from, like, Yankee Stadium. He nearly hits it <laughs> over Yankee Stadium and into, like, an apartment building in the Bronx, like, three blocks away. <laughs> He hits it into Staten Island yeah. somehow. No, that just oh travels across the ferry. <laughs> that was the announcer's actually his call. He goes, Oh, Barry Bonds hits one to New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rest assured, he's uh yeah, definitely not. Not doing any steroids. 
Would you guys think? Would you guys think baseball should have steroids though to make it more interesting? That's the question I have asked myself. Uh, when I go back and look at these clips, yes. Like I'm like I miss <laughs> I miss the 700 foot home run. <laughs> I think everyone does. Yeah. Man. Just guys. I mean, and just like the absolute crushing of the ball, like. I, yeah, I just, I really, I, I miss it. Not, like the no, the no doubters. That's what I like. Where they <laughs> yeah. sl- when they drop the bat, they drop the bat. Yeah. Oh, you just hear the sound, and then the camera just pans to like the horizon because <laughs> <laughs> it's just trying to track where this thing is gonna go. <laughs> it's like following a jo- it's like following a John da- Daly drive. You're like, I don't know where this is, but I'll try to look. Awesome. Just killing Guys, it. thank you so much. I'm at Cena now, at Justin underscore Williams underscore comedy, at the or at the underscore Brendan Fitzgibbons. Yeah. Make sure you hit him up. This has been Fraudwire. We'll be back next week. Uh, new season will start next month, so stay tuned. We're going to have Fraudwires up until then, uh, rocking out. We got some real juicy stuff for you. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.